Uh, very good morning to you. Nice, I was going to say evening. Gosh, it feels like evening already. Uh, that's a good start to the new year. Happy New Year to you. I hope you've had a good first week of 2023. Rishi Shunak had some interesting uh, pledges, New Year resolutions, didn't he? Five he had. The people's pledges, promises. Well, resolutions are funny things. Like this time last year, I, um, I just had been to the blood, uh, the doctor, GP, you know, at my age, you've got to go have an annual <laughs> checkup. And I had a blood test. And it came back, read email, it said, high blood cholesterol. I was like, what? So I resolved, New Year, last year, I'm right, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to get fit. Uh, so I did, right, half marathon, I'm going to smash that. So I did it, personal best, boom. Then I thought, okay, I'm going to change my diet. So out goes the Minteros, in comes the, oh, lovely juicy avocados and the blueberry oat smoothies. Yeah, good job I moved to Clapham, isn't it? Anyway, I, I did all that, and then I just had another blood test, May, June, this year, just gone. Guess what? Had it gone down? <laughs> it gone up. <laughs> That's laugh, cruel to laugh, but it... it God, it, felt, oh, it was agony. I, and then I got this another email from the doctor. You can have a speech to them, but they said, it said bright red, red ink again, bold. It said strict low-fat diet. Last time it was low-fat, this time strict low-fat diet. And to be honest, I thought, don't bother. You know, stuff the avocado. In fact, no, give me an avocado that's stuffed with bacon and cheese. I don't care now. I'd given up on it. You know, resolutions are funny old things, aren't they? You sort of have such good intentions, and either they don't really make a difference... Or you sort of fizzle out, you, you dump them, you ditch them, a bit like the Christmas trees littering the, pla- the, the, the pavement, you sort of ditch them after a week or two. I hope you don't with the running, Ben, and the praying, Nick. But, but resolutions are funny, and we'll see what comes of Rishi's, obviously. But the thing is, I guess, about re- resolutions, they, they boil down to your own sheer grit, your own self-will, you're leaning upon yourself. And that's a wonderful thing to do but the thing is it will only get so far it will only take you so far and can I say Christianity if you're just looking into it today thanks so much for coming it is so completely different to that it is not a sort of moral self-improvement exercise with a smattering of spirituality no it is something different it is supernatural look at our theme verse today, maybe for the new year, chapter 3, verse 18, we all who with unveiled faces are being transformed, uh, with unveiled faces behold the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. There you have it, bright, bold, red ink, not from the doctor, but from the Lord himself, a resolution, not that we make to him or to our gym instructor, but a resolution that he makes to us <laughs> to transform us. You are being transformed into his image by the work of the Spirit. That is his New Year resolution, if we're his people this morning. 2023 is a year in which he promises to keep making you more like Christ. It's such a wonderful relief that that is his resolution. Because as C.S. Lewis said, you know, the Christian faith is not about becoming nice. It's about becoming new. And if that's fairly new to you, please do come to our Alpha course, as Jago mentioned a week on Tuesday. We'd love to chat and listen and discuss a bit more about what is so unique, really, about this Christian faith. And it is amazing. It's amazing grace, as Newton sung 250 years ago. He would have stood in this pulpit, by the way. 
came to preach here a number of times. And the thing is about Newton. <laughs> he, he knew what it was to receive that amazing grace, where he was transformed from being a foul-mouthed, savage, cruel slave trader. In his own words, that's how he described himself. He would shackle slaves in, in cuffs and beat them on the ships. He was transformed from that, well, to over the years, a gentle, tender-hearted, compassionate Church of England minister. And how do you account for that? It is grace. It is amazing grace. See, this grace doesn't just grab hold of. It gets to work at you. It doesn't just take hold of us. It transforms us. A grace that saves as well as sanctifies. And that work that Newton experienced is the very same work that God promises to do for each of us if we're his this coming year. So we'll see two things in our passage. Just two things. The first is this. New Year's resolution, well, it's about him making us become like Jesus. That's the big thing. And then briefly, we'll see too, our part in that is very simply to behold Jesus. So that's where we're going for the next 20 minutes or so. Look again with me in that theme verse, verse 18. We all, who with unveiled faces, behold the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, being transformed, changed, or literally metamorphosed, or however you say it. And I guess there's things you'll point to in your life that you'd love to change. (laughs) That boss, get rid of them. (laughs) Those pews, get rid of them. (laughs) Not you guys, you love them. Uh, That family member, you think, oh, I wish only they were different. Or that health issue that's reared its head again, gosh, I wish that would change. All sorts of things, and they'll be springing to mind right now that you'd love to change this year. But look what's at the top of the Lord's list. (laughs) As As we point fingers, his finger of love is pointing at me, at you, (laughs) at our hearts, at our character, and says, actually, Ed, fine, good stuff out there, but there's stuff in you I want to be changing and transforming. You are being transformed into what? Well, into his image. His image. That's a a loaded term in the Bible. It, it, It sort of reaches back to Genesis 1 and 2, where we're told men and women, boys and girls, are made in God's image. Unique from the animal kingdom. Anyone you've ever looked at, every time you look at them in the mirror, you see someone who has uniquely and wonderfully been made by him in his image. That is, it's like a mirror. You know, that lovely chandelier up there. I hope that's not going with Revitalized 250. Is it? I don't know. No, it's not. But this mirror, it reflects, when you point at it, it's reflecting something gorgeous up there, that lovely chandelier. That's what a mirror does. It reflects what's there. And so too, to be human is, first and foremost, to reflect, resemble something of God's beautiful character. That's where our sense of identity and meaning and purpose come from. And that's something actually Newton himself, along with Wilberforce and the Clapham sect, were, well, were gripped by over the years. That was the driving animation. As they figured out about this slave trade business, it was that truth that every person is made in God's image. That's what drove them to seek to abolish the slave trade. And the image of God, 
you know, this question of identity is something that our culture is scrabbling around about all the time. Where do I get my sense of self and purpose and meaning and identity? Perhaps you relate to that this morning. Our culture is scrabbling around. And into that, like a knife through butter, comes these words from the word, from the Lord. Made in God's image. That's why actually with our kids and youth Sunday mornings, we're looking at that theme of identity to get that fostered in those early years. But here's the thing about identity. It's there, made in his image, and yet that image in each of us is marred. It's spoiled. It's, it's lost its shine. So in fact, I was um, at Clapham High Street this week, as you do. I, I wanted to see if they had any coins. You know, the new 50p coins with our new sovereign, King Charles III. And lo and behold, they did. When I went in, I said um, to this post office lady, have you got any of the new um, post, um, coins? She said, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, any new ones with Charles's head on. He's like, she's like, who? <laughs> and um, uh, she didn't know about the coins coming out. I said, yeah, they came out a month ago. I was like, okay. And then, yeah, sure enough, they were there gleaming. I said, can I have one? I said, no, I had 10. Uh, I'll give you five, yeah? And she said, yeah, I have 10. I said, um, does it look like him, do you think? She went, mm, somewhat. <laughs> and then I said... How long do you think it will stand last, nice and shiny and gleaming like this? And she went, not long. <laughs> uh, I've got ten, by the way. I'll give you one for a pound if you want one. Uh, afterwards, come and see me. <laughs> but I, the thing is, we're like this coin. We, we bear the image of the king of kings. And yet, the image is spoiled. It's marred. It's got grit in it. And it's faded. It's not as it should be. And the edges, well, they're... They're rougher, and they need smoothing off. And this is what it is to be a Christian. It is to be like a coin. You know you're the coin. A lost coin. A marred coin. And it's to know Jesus Christ coming to reach down to you and me and to pick us up and sweep us up in his life, death, and resurrection. But more than that, not just to save us, but to sanctify us, to polish and gleam and make us gorgeous and shining again. <laughs> that is his work of amazing grace. Not just taking hold, but transforming us. And that's something, of course, that we all need. And it's something that is a lifelong thing that he's committed to doing. And that is the thing, it is his New Year's resolution to us. This is a resolution, you know, that stretches from eternity past to eternity future. Romans 8, 29, you'll find, we're told, Paul writes, before creation, before the stars were made, he's appointed us, Christians, to be conformed to the image of Christ. And then you fast forward to eternity future, and you get to 1 John 3, and you see, one day when we see him, we will be like him. That is the, the beating heart, the, the, the priority, the great purpose of God himself is to make his people like him. And here's the thing, those glorious eternal realities, they're not just out there, they land, they hit the road running this coming year and every year. Present tense, do you notice? We are being transformed. Those glorious realities become a reality in the here and now, the, the messiness, the, the grit the glory of life this week and this year. So as I talk about this idea of being polished off, you know, 
tidied up, cleaned up. I wonder, I wonder what things immediately spring to your mind. You know, those areas in your life where you think, gosh, I, I would so love just a bit more to be like the Lord Jesus. Just take a second. I wonder what it is where you feel the pressure point, if you like, where the light's shining. I wonder what comes to your mind. Well, it's a good thing to ask yourself, isn't it? Regularly, I suppose. That's what confession's about each day. For me, I've been thinking about it this week, and I, um, I think one thing for me is my... So I'm a part-time lawyer, and it's so easy, those days when I'm meant to be doing law work, um, to forget to turn off my phone, but also <laughs> to actually, especially when I'm working from home, not be... Well, not working in law work. It, not doing the work I'm meant to be being paid to do. You know, it could be doing all sorts of things. A bit of DIY, a bit of housework. No, I'm never doing that. Actually, it's not that. But, you know, you do those other things. But I, I sort of was really increasingly convicted. I've been putting it off, but more and more I realise, actually, now to, to honour Jesus, to, to become like him, is to, is to honour him even when no one else is looking be doing the work I'm being paid to do that's what he'd do <laughs> sounds so obvious and those little things though they mount up don't they or another thing I've been thinking about is um, you know the giving uh, the, the vision for joy series we had the great vision series back in October one of those was particularly thinking about how we might contribute to God's mission here by giving from generous hearts in response to his goodness to us and I sort of hear that and think, yeah, yeah yeah great 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 but then I also think oh hold on that's admin <laughs> And that involves clicking on forms and filling out numbers. And, oh, and I sort of shelve that and I put it on the admin part, which I sort of put off. But at the, at the, at the bottom of that is a reluctance to, to give. <laughs> because that's so, that's so different to Jesus who gives and gives and gives. And if I wanted to be like him, well, that will mean my giving and my wallet and my bank statement will have to change. Not out of guilt, but out of joy of giving to him. And there could be all sorts of things. There's a thousand and one things every day, aren't there? I wonder what they are for you. It's a risky question to ask, isn't it? Exposing. It could be, I don't know, it could be contentment. We start the new year. Very easy to have a, a grumbling rather than a grateful heart. It could be courage. You know, that sense of putting your head above the parapet at work or with friends, with family, when it comes to standing up for Jesus. It could be that habit of how you talk to that person. Often it's your nearest and dearest, isn't it, that feels the rough, that feel most the rough edges of the coin. But here's the thing, the great priority of Father, Son and Spirit is on those things, not just in the big picture, but in the details, in the little things, to make you and me more like him. It's a beautiful commitment he's made, a resolution that he's made. And if it was down to me just to, you know, stop up, you know, do your law work, Ed, or to do this and do that, I, I still, I, I wouldn't get very far, like my cholesterol experience, I wouldn't get far. But here's the thing, it's not just his priority, it's his power, it's his presence that makes all this even possible. <laughs> Look at our verse again, verse 18. We are being transformed. I'm no Greek scholar, but that is a passive tense. That means it's being done to us. By who? Well, it comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 
Jesus Christ is the one who is resolved to be the workman at work in your life and in mine this year. So, few people, you're like this. This week, here's a photo. I, went to, I popped in this week, and here's Dio on the left, this workman on the left. You know, these pews did not remove themselves, did they, Josh? No, Josh can vouch for that. They didn't remove themselves. This guy, Dio, and his gang, they came in. They'd been hammering away, pulling up wood, chopping and sawing, and you do not want to know the mess that was under these floorboards. I tell you, it was grim. Yeah, well, I won't say any more. But in other words, you needed a workman to come and do the work for you. I can't do that. <laughs> of course I can't. <laughs> no, we needed workmen, specialists, to come and do the work. And yes, it's painful, it's unpleasant, it's smelly and dirty, and there's a whole load of rubbish out there. And so too in our lives, there's, there's bits, pipes, and mess to get rid of. But his is a great labor of love, and he's a great workman who moves in the moment we become a Christian, and he'll never leave. He doesn't have weekends off like these guys. That's entitled to it. They need a weekend off. But Jesus never stops 24-7. <laughs> in unseen, unimaginable ways, he's at work transforming our lives, our characters, our heart. I remember talking to a, a colleague at my old firm, Arjun, Hindu friend, I saw the other day, and he and I were chatting in the bar after work. We had a bar in the basement. Maybe we should have a bar in the basement. I'm full of that. Yeah, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Um, we have got a basement. Anyway, um, three quid a pint. And we were having this pint, and we got chatting about, how do you change yourself? How do you change <laughs> fellow colleagues, your boss, your nightmare clients? How do you any change and I told him this illustration that William Temple the Archbishop of Canterbury in the 40s gave, 1940s gave and he said if you asked me to write a play like Shakespeare I just couldn't do it if you asked me to live a life like Jesus I could not do it but Temple said if the genius of Shakespeare could dwell within me I could begin to write plays like Romeo and Juliet if the spirit of Jesus could live within, I could begin to live a life like Jesus. A life marked by his spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Isn't that a beautiful thought? That this year, this, whatever resolutions we seek to make, his great resolution by his power, by his presence in us, is to ripen that fruit. That's our church vision, isn't it? Every life bearing fruit for Jesus. And it is not just our vision. No, no, no. It's his vision. It's his great passion for our lives. More than we ever dream. But here's the thing. It's not just his pride. It's not just his presence. It's, it's his, well, it's his pace. You know, we've been waiting six years, Jago, is that right? more than that 10 years probably the moment he arrived 10 years ago whenever it was get rid of these pews we've got to wait years and years and years for this day to come so you, you guys make the most of it a week they'll be gone but we've had to wait the pace has been slow but it's happening slowly but surely and so to the pace of our own maturing becoming like Jesus well often it's at the pace we'd rather not go that is, often it's slower than we'd prefer. We want it all done yesterday. <laughs> but Jesus is like, sit tight. This is my project. This is my pace. 
So um, Newton, I think, had some, well, you see that in, you know, we are being transformed with ever-increasing glory. It's a slow, slow work. But Newton had something to say about this himself. Maybe from there, this is what he said, comparing the, 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 the Christian's growth like this. Uh, he said it's like an acorn. Remember, the growth of a believer is not like a mushroom which quickly grows. No, it's like an oak tree, which from a little acorn and a tender plant increases slowly but surely with an almost imperceptible growth from year to year until it becomes a broad, spreading and deep-rooted tree. And then it stands forever. Lovely picture, isn't it? Ooh. Once upon a time, that massive oak tree out there was an acorn like this, and now look at it, 100, 200 years later, vast, glorious. And to be a Christian, it's, it's to have Jesus committed to making us from this to that tree. And one day it will be complete. One day, when we see him face to face, you know, you will be more glorious than you've ever realised you could be. All those bits about you that you so wish were different, those insecurities, those fears, those niggling sins, those hidden hearts of your, uh, hidden corners of your heart. One day, you will shine and be blossoming in a way you never dreamed. And the one who accomplishes it is Jesus himself. And it happens not ultimately then, but also now, in the here and now, year on, year on. Amazing, his pace. And that means a couple of things. I guess it means, well, it means we have to be more patient with ourselves, even kind to ourselves, perhaps. We, some of us, I guess, can beat ourselves up and we oh, kick ourselves up again. I've messed up again. And we need to be patient. <laughs> He's slowly but surely changing us. But also we need to be patient with one another. There'll be people in your life, in church life, in your connect group maybe, family life, and they really, you know, rub you up the wrong way. <laughs> and there's edges to their coin, you think, oh, you need a lot of smoothing. <laughs> well, so do you, so do I. Um, but we need to be patient with each other. This is his pace, not ours, not theirs. And just before we move on, this idea of becoming... There is plurality in all this. It's a corporate nature. We all are being transformed. This isn't a solo sport. You know, you can do the part run on your own, but it's, it's a lot more fun and fruitful to run with someone, isn't it? And this work of transformation into Christ-likeness is a team effort from a solo sport. It's not a hit of a sermon and boom, I'll go and smash it for a week. No, it is. <laughs> It's a case that I need you and you need me. And I think connect groups are the main way, I guess, as a church family. We try and bed in that idea that community, that the growth is a community project in which we need each other. Where you can ask me questions. You can listen to me as I share you about things in my life that I, I really long for the Lord to change. And you can pray for me and I can do the same for you. What a, what a most precious thing. So can I say, if, you, if you're not in a connect group, we'll maybe drop the ball a little bit on one. Why not refresh this week, this year, to recommit to join one? Sarah and I will be at the back. We'd love to hook you up into one. But that's the big thing then, becoming like Jesus. 
That's his great resolution for us this coming new year. That's his ambition. I, I wonder, oh, well, I wonder what your ambitions are. Running and all the other fitness things and the work and the progression, the house extension and the kids into that school. Do, 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 do. All sorts of ambitions we have. Good, good things, I'm sure. But here's this, this supreme ambition is, according to this passage, to be more like him, more like Jesus, which makes all other ambitions sort of put in their right proportion, the right position, doesn't it? You know, John Stott, that great um, vicar at All Souls, Langham Place for years, he was once asked in his mid-80s, any ambitions left? And he said, quick as a flash, to be more like Christ. Beautiful, isn't it? So simple. It sort of it just levels us to the ground. It simplifies things. <laughs> Becoming more like him. That's the big thing. His resolution. But very briefly, fine, fine, fine. Great, great, great. That's his work. Wonderful. But, but what do I do? Tell me what I do. Yeah, what do I have to do, Ed? Come on. Very briefly, last few minutes. Look at our role in this. Verse 18. We all who with unveiled faces contemplate or behold the Lord's glory. <laughs> In other words, all we do is look at Jesus and he does the rest. You think, what? I must do something I have to do. <laughs> well, from this verse at least, it's you know, just look at Jesus, behold him. Which we can do with unveiled faces. This is, Paul's been comparing the old and the new covenant. So in the old, Moses, representing the old covenant, would go up to Sinai and, and look at, uh, well, was given the Ten Commandments. And he came down dazzling, dazzling, and so bright that people couldn't bear to see him. They couldn't cope with the light, so he had to veil himself. But now, with the coming of Jesus, all that sort of temporary, fleeting, imperfect glory, if you like, well, meets its fulfillment in Christ, where the veil's removed... And because of his grace, we can see him face to face without having to cover our eyes. <laughs> and here's the logic. It's saying, look, as you behold Jesus, you become like him. So we know the logic of that, don't we? So you become like the things all the people you hang about with, don't you? So I know some couples. I'm trying to see if there's any here today. Some older couples have been married decades. They begin to sort of, well imitate each other you know what I mean they finish each other's sentences their mannerisms begin to adopt each other sometimes they look alike actually which is a bit was disconcerting but you know what I mean you become a bit like who you spend time with or more silly example really fat face is a bit of a shop that I've grown to love over the last six months I was down in Cornwall where they have all these shops and there was a sale so I thought oh I'll get a jumper and I signed up stupidly <laughs> to their emails fat face I get about five a week it's a joke and this was the lovely jumper. Not bad, is it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, almost every day I get an email from Fat Face, and I, I'm there at my phone. Oh, email. Oh, ooh, that looks a nice uh, jacket or top. And I, oh, 50% off. Oh, yes, okay. And so I, I've, in fact, I bought these in the sale just a week ago. I have, you know, I'm beholding Fat Face, and I'm becoming, well, a Fat Face. I'm becoming like Fat Face. <laughs> you, be, you become the thing you behold. I know, so it's a bit daddish. I need to get with the times, don't I? But you see the logic, don't you? You become what you behold. And so the very simple point is, if I want to become more like him, well, very simple, I just need to behold him 
more. Gaze at his face, not, not that face, emails, but his face. Because, of course, in his face, you find things in perfection. He has a face like no one, no one else. You look at his face and you see, you see glory and goodness. You see gentleness and yet courage. You see passion and yet you see tenderness. You see fullness of truth and you see fullness of grace in his face like no one else. The face to gaze upon. And that's why he's so worth gazing upon. And how do we do that? How do we... I can't see, where is he? Do I go to, you know, what do I? Well, I I wondered that for a while. 15 years ago, asking myself, I suppose, the question, how do I become a really, yeah, sorted Christian? How do I? (laughs) I'm still not there, obviously, none of us are. But I remember thinking, you know, how do I, how do I become like a Christian who's mature and loves Christ and more than that, become like Christ? How do I do it? So I thought, who do I write to? John Stott. (laughs) I wrote to John Stott, who's, as I said, the Vicar of Souls, Sent a letter to all sold, didn't know, yeah. Got a letter reply, sent me a book back, signed book, lovely. But more than that, he invited me down to see him. Yeah, so there I was, one on the train from York, got to his um, uh, nursing home. He was outside in the summer, it was July, he was there with his Zimmer frame. I, I was yeah, nervous, <laughs> my hero for years. And we chatted in his little study. And I got to the question, yeah, what's the secret? What's the secret of becoming a mature Christian who loves and is like Christ. Effectively, was the question I asked. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> I won't impersonate him, but he said, the Bible and prayer. And I, to me, I thought, I've come all the way. For the, for the, I knew, I read that in your book. Come on, give me the secret. <laughs> but it wasn't a secret. It isn't a secret. There's no secrets to being a superhero spiritually. Well, there are no superheroes. <laughs> no, it's the Bible and prayer. And that's just actually what Newton said himself as we draw to a close. Lovely f- picture, isn't it? The chief means of maturing, growing are the holy scriptures and prayer. The one is the fountain of living water and the other is the bucket from which we draw. What a lovely picture. <laughs> we behold Christ in his word, but not just sort of in a boring comprehension exercise, yeah, got all the answers. No, we, we go to the Bible to see him and we take hold of him by prayer, talking back to him what we've just seen in his word. That's why we're pushing these things, praying and reading the Bible again as the start of a new term. Do commit to that. Make that your resolution, why not? Not to be Mr. Clever Clogs or sort of pick up spiritual brownie points. <laughs> doesn't work no to see him in all his beauty to see his face and here's the funny thing as I close as you do that in his word I find so often you then can behold him in his world do you know what I mean so I um I've just got a weird brain and yours is far more rational but I might read that Jesus is the fountain of living water. John's gospel, he talks of being living water. And so when I walk over or run past, past Ben Rogers as he's running past Clapham Common, and I see the fountain being made, you know, the water fountain that came out a few months ago, instinctively now, I think, I would, 
It's a lovely fountain, but Jesus, he's the real fountain. And my mind is taken in my imagination to him. Or I'm standing at the tube going to work, and all the gusts of the tube and the wind comes in. And I was like, Ooh. But that gust of the wind takes me to John 3, where we're told the spirit is like the wind. He blows wherever he chooses. So in those little, a million and one ways every day, in his world, I can see truths from his word. And that, you know, that does make, every day becomes quite fun, to be honest, in that way. <laughs> Sad, I know. But what a lovely thing to cultivate. Uh, an imagination that is saturated with scripture, and therefore I see him, and enjoy him, and become like him. So, that's New Year 2023 sorted. <laughs> his great resolution not ours to him, but his to us, to make us more like his son. And our part, well, <laughs> we just look at him in his word and talk to him in prayer.